Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart in leadership. Let's lead well. Hello and welcome back to the Lead Well podcast. I'm Sherry Cochran, and I've got to tell you, I'm A, I'm really excited that you've joined us. B, I have been truly looking forward to this episode for months, and I'm not exaggerating. This is the truth. My guest today is Pastor Johnson Bowie, who is the senior pastor here at Victory Church in Atlanta. We're so glad that you're here. Hey, Sherry. Thanks for having me. I want to give everybody a little bit background about why I'm so excited and some context yeah. as well. So people may not know that Leadwell and the Leadwell podcast are actually a ministry here out of Victory Church. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Victory Church had the biggest event in its 30-year history, and that was that our founding pastors, Pastor Dennis and Colleen Rouse, after 30 years, they transitioned the senior pastorate to you and Summer. This is a really big deal <laughs> yeah, that you have now been the senior pastors here at Victory Church for two, three weeks. Yeah. How are you feeling? It's old hat at this point. I mean, oh, we got yeah. it down. We got it all figured out. No, um, it's a big deal. You know, yeah. this is a big church. This is this has been a long time coming. I mean, we, we've we been in the church for, for 20 years. And, you know, when we kind of look back at our history, we, we just came uh, when we were dating in uh, 99 you know, actually 21 years almost. Yeah. And just as we were dating and, um, just got involved in the young adult ministry, started serving in two-year-old ministry. And, uh, you know, eventually we, we started leading small groups and helping coaching small groups and then started preaching a little bit. And, you know, one person invested in us, another person invested in us. And we kind of have in, in essence, almost like the janitor to the president, <laughs> sort of story, you know, and to be stepping into to this role now, it is such a high honor. You know, obviously mm -hmm. it's, it's a weight, um, mm -hmm. but it's a privilege. And it's one of those really cool stories, you know, when you just kind of look back on your life and you're like, wow, God, look at what you've done. Yeah. What, yeah. what a privilege it is to be here. That's so cool. That's so cool. And two weeks in, you've already got it all in. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we got it. Yeah. All, yeah. Cruise control. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I'm really, really excited to have you. I have been looking forward to this because it's it's such a um, momentous. It's not a, it's not a new beginning. It's a mm -hmm. continuation. Absolutely. But it's a marker. It's a marker. And so we're really excited that you're here. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm thankful that you're my my senior pastor now, too. <laughs> Well, what we're going to be talking about today is something that if anyone knows you, they know that this is a core passion. This is a core message. We're going to be talking about reproductive leadership, reproducing leaders. Yeah. So um, like I said, if you're around you, it kind of leaks out. It comes out everywhere. Mm -hmm. When did you first catch this burden for reproducing leaders? Yeah, I think um, probably the, the key word in your statement is burden. Mm. because I, you know, when you get, when you first started getting into leadership, especially in church world, but, um, it, it's apparent really quickly, like we need more leaders Yeah. and, but, but it wasn't a burden. So, you know, we started leading small group in 2002 and so small group for our listeners, if you're not aware of it, it's literally a small group of people who usually goes and meets over at somebody's home. And so it's for the purpose of raising people up and training them up and how to follow uh, Jesus. And so we found out like, Hey, if we're going to reach more people, we need to have more leaders. And so we're like, man, we need to, you know, this couple could probably do it. This couple could probably do it. And so we trained them how to do small groups. And so, you know, we turned our one group into three groups and, you know, and then we started coaching other groups, but looking back on it, 
that's so self-serving. <laughs> Literally, there was no burden. It was like, I need you to be a leader because I need more people to be able to be reached. And Help so, me. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. literally, it was about me. Yeah. I, I need to be able to reach more people. So I need you to be able to do it. Had nothing really to do with you. And really at the end of the day, we weren't helping them to be leaders in life. We were helping them to be leaders in small group. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for any pastors who are listening, this is one of the biggest issues in church world is, you know, we call somebody an usher leader because they, they're the best at sending out emails. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I develop you on, make sure you send out those emails, man. Yeah. Um, instead of saying, you know, here's what we realized. You could be the best in our world and usher leader, but you're a terrible husband. Mm. You're, a, you're the worst dad and you don't even have any integrity at work. You don't even really follow the Lord, but you can get those guys together on a Sunday morning to usher. You're good at the right? task. Yeah. You're good at the skills and that sort of thing. Um, but, but the rest of your life is a mess. And so we found out the same thing with small group leaders, like, Hey, we're bringing them in, we're herding them in. We're trying to train them up on, here's how you do an introduction, make sure you have food at your group, you know, that sort of thing. But we're not training their heart. We're not, we're not helping mm -hmm. them follow the Lord. We're not training them as a whole person. And as we started seeing that, I said, there's gotta be more to this thing called um, leadership to actually um, reproducing leaders. And I mm -hmm. think that's a key word too. Like, what am I reproducing mm -hmm. inside these people? Am I just teaching them skills? Or am I reproducing myself? The, you know, what God has put inside me, am I reproducing the good stuff is uh, a whole in them? Am I developing them as a whole person? And what really got me was when I, when I finally began reading and then understanding Genesis one, you know, which God actually says to Adam and Eve, he says to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And it's mm -hmm. this big idea. What, what theologians forever would call it the missio day, the mission of God is to fill the earth with the glory of God. And so we are the imago day. We are the image of God that God put him, his image on us. And God wants us to take that and then fill the earth with it. And as I started seeing that, that we aren't doing that. Mm. Like what we're doing is we're just building little, little huddles of people who can press buttons and yeah. people who can, you know, fulfill what I want them to do in life, you know, but I'm not filling the earth with the glory of God. And mm. so it was, it was just this thing of like, guys, we, what, even if it doesn't serve us, even if they're not going to be a great, um, volunteer in the cafe, yeah, right. Even if they're never going to serve in the small group, is it a win for us if they're an amazing husband, if they're raising up godly children, right? If they're out leading in the workplace, if they're getting people saved over there, if they're seeing the kingdom come over here, is that a win when we don't see the immediate benefit of it? And I think that's the whole idea of reproductive, reproductive leadership. I'm, and, and that's why it's become a burden for me. It mm -hmm. hasn't just become like a task to be able to reach more people. It's a burden because it's a God thing. You go back to, I mean, that's mm -hmm. original intent. Genesis yeah. one is like God's idea for life. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally his idea yeah. for how life should work is fill the earth with the image of God. Yeah. And so reproducing leaders to rise up and lead wherever they're at. Which involves the whole person, the, not yeah, just absolutely. doing stuff, yeah. not just doing stuff. Like you can stand there and press a button all day long. And, 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 and some people will call that, man, you're a leader. I'm going to make you a, the shift leader because you can <laughs> press that button better than everybody else. You're not a leader. Your finger works. <laughs> you know, like it, it has nothing to do with the heart. It has yeah. nothing to do with the heart. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the whole So God person. along the way broadened your vision to see the greater purpose behind it all yeah. and to help develop that whole person 
to represent and glorify God in every way, every not way. just the stuff that we're doing. For sure. That's so good. Yeah. Something I've never mentioned on this podcast is, you know, we say every week that we are sharpening the skills and strengthening the heart. And that is how we're doing some things. But I want to make sure that people know that the vision of Leadwell is totally in line with what you've said. It's, it's in alignment with the vision statement of Leadwell is empowering leaders to create healthy, reproductive leadership cultures yeah. wherever they are. That we, and so just what exactly what you're saying, fully in alignment with that. How has this burden that the Lord placed on you, how has it impacted how you are leading today? Yeah, um, really, truly, it's, it's, as it's become a burden, instead of just something we do, it's, it's began to permeate everything that we do. Um, because no longer is, is raising up leaders just one of the things we do. We know if, if this is what God has called us to, this is what we do. Literally, this is, this is the thing. This is it. This is the thing that we do. Um, you know, the scriptures say reproducing leaders a thousand different ways. You know, most Christians would say, Hey, I know Matthew 28, you know, the great commission, go right. into all the world and make disciples. Jesus is saying, reproduce, yeah, reproduce like the, the image of God, the imago Dei, raise that up pull that out, refine that inside people, and then multiply it across the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what we do. And it takes on different ways and shapes and forms, uh, you know, in whatever context we find ourselves in. But, um, you know, this, this is where um, it, it really hit me is that, uh, you know, going back to Genesis, original intent sort of stuff, uh, I came across Genesis 11. Everybody knows the story, Tower of Babel. Right. right. You know, people who don't, people who don't have never even read about the Bible have heard of the Tower of Babel, you know, where there's the, the language program called Babel, you know, yeah. where uh, God comes in and confuses the language. Well, the context of it is this, is that God had commissioned people to go out and fill the earth with the glory of God. But then they actually got to this place and they said, no, nah, this place is really good. We shouldn't go anymore. Let's just build this really tall tower and then we can all assemble here and we can build this really big thing. And the key thing is for our glory. Mm. We can build this really big thing for our glory and nobody else has to go anywhere. We can just all come here and we can build this really big wall around it. And we can build this really tall tower. And then, so God's like, no, that's not what this whole thing's supposed to be about. And so he comes in and he scatters it. Mm. And, um, I gave a small group, uh, lesson to one of our rallies a while back and it was called don't build Babel. Mm. And I think the trick for every single one of us, you know, from a small group leader to a pastor to, to an entrepreneur, our, our trap is when God's telling us to spread out, God's telling us to go out, God's telling us to raise up and fill the earth. What we want to do is build something really big, but really localized for our glory and yeah. for our name. Yeah. And God's like, no, nah, it doesn't work like that. And so I'm going to scatter that. And for some of us, that may begin to make sense why your church isn't growing. It may begin to make sense why your business isn't growing because you're doing it for your own name. Mm. You're doing it for your own glory. You're doing it so that you can feel good about yourself and look what I have built. And this whole thing is not supposed to be about that. So again, that's, that's how it's beginning to influence how we lead here at Victory is saying our goal isn't to have a million people inside one building. One that's completely unrealistic, you know, but we'd all kill ourselves if we <laughs> were trying a, to do that. That's a big old building right there. <laughs> yeah, do that here. But it's, it's still the idea like, hey, you know, even if we, um, and we do have 10,000 people, you know, plus, you know, post-COVID, yeah. <laughs> pre-COVID um, <laughs> and the buildings. But then we take a step back and say there's, but there's 6 million people in Atlanta, mm -hmm. you know? And so we can celebrate that we built this really big thing, but what about everybody else? Mm -hmm. You know, who's going to reach them? If we just, if there's like four leaders at the top, 
Right. You know, and it's all about us. What about everybody else? Who's going to go reach them? We have to raise up other people to be able to go. And so that's, that's begun to influence how we hire, you know? And so you're aware kind of some of the changes that we're making internally is that we're, we're beginning to hire people who aren't button pushers. We're not hiring people to do. We're hiring leaders to reproduce and train and develop other leaders who can then go and do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, those who are going and doing can then begin to develop other leaders to then go and do it. It turns into this like Christian pyramid scheme, you know what I'm saying? Like where, you know, where I invest in a handful and they invest in a handful and they invest in a handful, but that's how the gospel got to us, yeah. you know, from, yeah. you know, from the very beginning, James, John and Peter, you know, that's how it got to us because it couldn't just be about them. It couldn't, what if, what if, you know, Peter had just built this really big church called Peter's church, you know, and like he was the one guy. Like the word would have never gone to us. Yeah. And so we have to be about training up leaders. And that's why, that's how it started to change us. I mean, really even down to our hiring, down to our training, talking to our admins and saying, Hey, even, even as an admin, your job isn't just to send out emails. Your job is to reproduce what God has put inside you into others. Find volunteers, raise up people over here. Um, and everything we do, we, it has to be reproductive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier about entrepreneurs or people that are yeah. serving in the marketplace. Cause even as you're talking, it's so easy to see, well, it's easier to see it inside the church or in a church context. But if I'm serving in the marketplace, you know, I'm, I'm working, I'm selling mortgages. I'm, I'm working to build a company. I'm, I'm doing whatever it is that, that, that I feel called to. How does this call or this burden to reproduce leaders, or also it's called making disciples in the Bible. How does that translate into a professional environment? Yeah, I, I, I think it's the idea as an entrepreneur, you know, if you're listening today, you're a business owner, you're a business leader. I, d- I don't know what your vision is. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish, but it's probably bigger than what you can do yourself. Mm-hmm. If if it's not bigger than what you can do yourself, it's too small. You know, you, you're, you're, in, you're in essence trying to build Babel. You yeah. know, if I can just have this one thing right here, meet my family's needs, that's so small. And I think even maybe today, God's calling people to get a higher vision. It's going to require more hands. It's going to mm-hmm. be require more hearts, more people, more buy-in to be able mm-hmm. to do it. And so, you know, when I think about reproduction in the business world, um, you know, it's an absolute must. Uh, even even when you think about what uh, investment and reproduction looks like, I mean, you, if you want to see buy-in from your employees, invest in them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to see people who are passionate about their job instead of just showing up for a nine to five, invest in them. If you want to actually see your, your employee retention spike, invest in them, Mm -hmm. you know, like go out to coffee with them, sit down with them. Don't just be like, Hey, here's how you press the button better. Yeah. Be like, Hey, how's your marriage? How are your kids? And actually remember what their kids' names are and then show them you care about them, you know, invest in them, train them, take whatever's in you and begin to put it inside them. If you want to talk about employee loyalty, I mean, if you want to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, expanding your brand, it's, it's, it's built off a of buy-in. It's not just built off of how much money do I have that I can hire more hands. Like if you have their hands, but you don't have their heart, then, then your brand's never going to grow. You're never, you're never going to be able to accomplish your vision of what God's calling you to do. So flip the script. Don't just make it what you can get from them. Oh, for but sure. What you put into you know, it's that, uh, what, what was the quote that um, Les Brown said so, so many years ago? He said that, you know, help others achieve their dream, and then you're going to be able to achieve yours. Mm. And mm. it's this idea, if you can invest in these people, you know, over and over, then you're going to be raising them up. Yeah. And then they're going to, there's going to be so much loyalty and so yeah. much buy-in and so much love. And so, you know, they're, instead of you as the entrepreneur being the only one who's bought in, 
mm-hmm. is the only one who knows mm-hmm. the vision. Give the vision to them. And some of them aren't going to want it, yeah. and then they're going to leave. Yeah. So that others can come in. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be bought in, right? And then is instead of just one of us is bought in. What if what if now ten of us are bought in? Yeah. And then as they're going out and uh, you know finding and meeting people out in the marketplace, now twenty of us are bought in. Mm-hmm. And then now we can actually together go and do what God has called us to do mm-hmm. instead of me just trying mm-hmm. to do it by myself. Because building people has dividends way beyond a profit margin. For sure. It's like you yeah. build their, you help them build their family, you help them build their home, you help them build their dream. You're building the whole person. Yeah. And that way, then we're also reproducing that image of God through them. What is it that God would love to see come through their life? What's the potential in them that we can help draw out? Yeah, worst case, the world gets better. Oh, they, yeah, that's it. That'd be terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. That's, that's a, <laughs> so how does this mindset help you if you're in the market marketplace? Like if I go, okay, I'm catching it. I see it. The person that actually is embodying the reproduction of leaders. How is it, how is it helping them as a person? So if I'm the entrepreneur, I'm not just investing in them, but when I'm investing in other people, how's that helping me? Yeah. So I think every entrepreneur probably has the same story. I'm tired. Mm. I'm exhausted. I'm discouraged. I feel like I'm the only one who cares. Is this actually going to work? Yeah. And here's the idea is that if I can actually get other people on the train with me, if I can get, you know, it's work. I'm not, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. I mean, reproducing leaders is much more difficult than hiring hands. Yeah. Okay. But as we actually talk about buy-in, as we talk about people who are vested, if we talk about people who are going to go above and beyond, you know, if, if you're talking about not just having twos who work for you, but tens who work for you, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. I mean, that's what reproduction is really all about. And so at the end of the day, it's a, it's about longevity. It's about being able to actually fulfill you know, the, the vision that God put on your heart of what you're trying to accomplish in this world through this business and understanding that you're not, you don't have to be in it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the only reason you're going to be in it alone is if you intentionally just say, I'm the only one who can do it. So therefore I've got to do all the hard stuff and I'll hire somebody to press that button, mm-hmm. you know, but if I can actually reproduce and raise these people up. And I think that's one of the big ideas about reproduction is everybody's out there looking for the tens, right? Right. You know, I want to hire the tens. I want to, so basically you're saying, I want to hire the people, other people invested in. Yeah. I want to hire the people that, you know, those rare people who have actually developed themselves throughout the years, you know, the unicorns, I want to find the unicorn, um, that, that it doesn't exist anywhere. There's like three of them, right. I want to hire that person (laughs) instead of saying like, Hey, what if, what if I looked around at what I have right here. What can I do right here? You know, the old story, uh, you know, in the past, like God tells Moses, what's in your hand? He says, my staff, you mm-hmm. know, he literally had this wooden staff and he says, we'll use that to fulfill what I've called you to do. Look around. Like, look, I mean, you're looking at that person and that person, that person who worked for you. And you're like, oh man, <laughs> it, but because you hired button pushers, what if you actually expanded your vision and just say, Hey, as I'm starting to get to know this person, that's a passion. And so could mm-hmm. I raise them from a two to a three to a four? Mm-hmm. Could I cast the vision to them? Are they starting to buy in? Are they starting to buy in? So now they're coming up to a six. So I can actually start giving some of the stuff that's killing me. Like that I just said, man, what would, what would happen if two of us owned this instead of one of us owned this, you know, mm-hmm. this vision? And then, then eventually there's four and there's eight. Imagine this. I mean, just any entrepreneur who's listening to this, imagine if instead of you are the only one who cares. What if there were 10 people who cared? Yeah. What if there are 10 people who are carrying that burden, but it's not just going to happen. Yeah. It's not, it's n- I promise you, yeah. you keep thinking, you keep praying You're like, <laughs> God, send me people, you know, 
but they're right there in front of you. Mm. You have to invest in them. Mm-hmm. You have to spend time with them. You have to reproduce yourself in them. Yeah. And as they always say, if it were easy, everyone would, would be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> if it were easy, everybody would be doing it all the time. Yeah. And, and I think that's the idea is, um, you know, it's that old saying that leaders aren't born. Mm-hmm. They're made. Mm-hmm. They're, and I think, you know, absolutely, there are, pe- there are people who are born with some skill sets, things that give them the advantage. But no leader is born. That has to be pulled out of them. That has to be developed out of them. You know, they, they have to they have to see that in mm-hmm. others to mm-hmm. rise up to yeah. that. So could we be a part of that process? Yeah. And I'm thinking if I'm not the entrepreneur, if mm. I'm working somewhere lower, if you will, in an organization, and maybe I don't feel like I have um, impact over the overall vision, but if I embrace the the burden of reproducing leaders around me, it would help me to see a greater purpose in my position than just the thing I'm hired to do. Yeah, It helped me to connect to a broader purpose in my life even. If I see the people around me as, hey, God's put me in this position and I might not be able to influence the vision of the company or the the, the goals or even the bottom lines, but but I can impact all these people that I'm sitting with. I can impact these people that I'm doing life with. I think that reproduction, if we embrace it, enables us to see God's hand in a broader way anywhere that we're sitting. So I, I, I know there's, I've been in some of those roles where I'm like, why am I here? And, <laughs> and it does help to get out of your own, the why am I? And I said, why are they? Why are they here? Well, how can I help them? Yeah. So, but I have a question though. I know being in ministry, being in church leadership, that this has happened. And I know it's going to happen. So what if we do the hard work? We pour into people. We pour our heart, soul, life into someone, and then poof, uh, <laughs> they leave. They go to a different company. They suddenly go to a different church. They're all. It, it feels like everything we just poured into them just is like you know vaporizes and gone. Yeah. What do you do with that? How do you handle that? Well, one that is going to happen. Yeah. So let's just you know we're not in a Disney fairy tale. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Uh, you're going to spend years pouring into somebody, and then they're going to go leave, and they're probably going to start the same business you're already doing. Mm, it's going to happen. That's delightful. It's going to happen. You know, yeah. it's that's just the reality of it. And and it's you know the old ministry joke like ministry would be so easy if we didn't have to deal with people. <laughs> but then you don't have ministry, right? Um, it's, it's the reality of working with people. It's the reality of dealing with people. But let, let me give a different perspective. So um, early on uh, in, in uh, Victory Hamilton Mill, one of the campuses uh, we started, uh, we started what we were calling like a Vic Kids band. And so let me just give you a small little example. So uh, the idea was what would happen? Wow, if we could um, grab 10 and 12 and 13-year-olds and uh, pull the musical gifts out of them, these people who can sing, these people who are tinkering around on the keys. And what if by the time they're 20, you know, 20 feels so young to be doing something significant, right? Yeah. You know, um, you know, in like a big church or something. But by the time they're 20, they've been leading worship for 10 years. So yeah. what if we started investing them in them when they're young? And early on, somebody brought up this idea. They're like, well, what if we invest in them and then they go to another church? Or they and, go to college and never yeah, come back. Yeah, and then they leave. Yeah, never come <laughs> back. And I said, awesome. Because mm. again, the world just got better. You know, and, and so I, I said, you know, the, all right, if they go to another church, wow, what a legacy. We yeah. actually just bless that church. And I think a huge part of this is understanding. This is what I've had to come to grips with in my own heart. These people don't belong to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not your master. I'm not your God. There's only one of those. Okay. Yeah. And so my job is to fill the earth with the glory of God. 
Hmm. Not to fill my church with the glory of God, not to fill my business with the glory of God is to fill the earth. And so I actually, I know, you know, many pastors, many leaders wouldn't see this. I see it as a win. You know, I can't, I'm not, I'm not denying that my heart sometimes is like, I really thought I like, I really, I had a picture of them, you know, 20 years from now here. Um, but man, if God's in it, man, we bless it and we send Mm -hmm. it and we, you know, we, we want, yeah. What's that? That old Ronald Reagan quote. It's amazing what you can do when you don't have to get credit for it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if they, if they just go out into the world and they end up being an amazing father an amazing mother, amazing um, student, an amazing coworker, amazing boss, whatever that is, you know, if they're, if they're filling the earth with the glory of God, we all win. Mm-hmm. We all win. And, you know, this is, this is what I would just challenge everybody to make the decision in their heart. This is something we say around here at Victory is we don't want to just be reservoirs. We want to be rivers. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's the old truth. Nobody has ever gone broke by being generous. And so if we can be generous, I guarantee you there's going to be enough left over for us. And so if we just have this attitude, I'm going to develop people, I'm going to, I'm going to impart into people, I'm going to raise up people, I promise you, yes, some are going to leave and it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to help ha- ask somebody to get the dagger out of your back. It's going to happen. But I promise you, if you spend your life, your energy on reproducing, on raising up people, developing people, there's going to be enough left over for you. Yeah, yeah. And from some of the things that you said earlier, I think any time that we encounter that where we pour into somebody and then they leave, it it causes us again to come back to why am I doing this? And it gets your eyes up higher because we all have a tendency to start looking down and looking at our little babble again. So each opportunity that that happens, it reminds us, okay, yeah, this is actually about the world, not like the whole world, not just my little portion of it. For sure. Perspective is so important. I remember uh, a while back, um, some of our children's pastors uh, um, pulled us aside. Uh, on a, like a Wednesday afternoon and they said, Hey, we need to meet with you. And they said, Hey, God has called us to, to leave and to go over here and into this church. And I was like, all right. Okay. And the, the wife looked at me and she said, well, thanks for not freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, if I'm being honest, my heart's a little bit of that right now. But if I actually believe what I say that I believe, you know, that God is an author He's the author, the finisher. He's the A, he's the Z, he's the alpha, he's the omega. He's going to carry us in the middle. That if God is leading you out, God is also leading somebody else in. Mm -hmm. And it's, so it's about perspective. I think that's a really good point. Like sometimes you literally have to stop, stop the panic, lift your eyes up and say like, all right, what is actually at work in this situation? What should I actually be about? No, and it's not about that. Nothing's going to rise and fall in this one yeah. person here. Yeah. And if God, if God's really for you, it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why am I doing this again? So what would you say, uh, for all of us that are really working to embrace this, what would you say are key values that we must embrace or embody to become those who reproduce leaders wherever we are? Yeah. So, I mean, first thing I would just say is priorities. It has to be a priority. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, there's always the tyranny of the urgent mm-hmm. where, something's going to be on fire. There's going to be an emergency over here. You're and then what's going to happen is your schedule is going to fill up. Yeah. And so then you're not actually going to do the things that are most important. Yeah. And if you spend your whole life or your whole ministry or your whole business, you know, career putting out fires, then you're never actually going to do the important things, you know, of raising up and developing people, um, who can then expand your influence out. 
And so I would just encourage everybody make it a priority, which means flip your, flip your calendar. So before, you know, before the, the little rocks fill it up, mm-hmm. put the big rocks on. Yeah. You know, so what are the big rocks? The big rocks have to be the, the vision, the vision pullaways that has to be the, Hey, here's the time I'm going to invest in Bob. Here's the time I'm going to invest in Jessica or whatever it is and put that on your calendar and then let the little fires fill the other gaps. Mm-hmm. But if we, if we don't prioritize it, it'll never happen. Yeah. It'll never. So I think priorities is one thing. I think humility is another big one. Meaning this, um, you're going to find people who are better than you. Mm. It's something, you know, um, and you have to be okay with that. Like you have to be okay with that. I mean, that's, that's part of the, the thing he, even here at Victory is um, I didn't want the, the senior team to be worse at things than me. Or else one, why are we here? Like, why are, why are, why are you in this room if I'm better than all of you? <laughs> this stuff. Um, and that's way too much pressure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't be the smartest guy in the room at everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe when it comes to like vision. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the things, you know, Andy Stanley has the quote, what are the things that only I can do? Right. You know, like, like get, excel at those things. But then, you know, like, um, you know, this guy's really good at strategy. This guy's really good at tactical thing. This guy's really good at execution. Mm-hmm. And they're all better at those things than I am. But I can't let that bring out my own insecurities. Mm-hmm. Like what happens if at a, at a staff meeting, they stand up and clap for that guy. They're not <laughs> clapping for me. And I'm, I had the idea, but then, but then he's the one getting all the credit for it man, you got to let it go. Like, did we advance? Did we advance? Did we Mm. advance? Did we win? What are the outcomes? Did they actually get accomplished? You know? And so it's going to take some like identity security and a little bit of humility to let other Mm. people rise up, you know, so that you're not always the one getting all the credit. I think that, that, that was a big one. That was a hard one. I mean, that even, even for all of us that are really saying, yes, I value this. Oh man, when you get stepped on a little bit or you feel a little ouch, that's hard. I mean, yeah. it's like none of us like that feeling, but it's so important that we lean into the feeling of the ouch instead of trying to make it never happen again. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I mean, just to, just to drill down on that a little bit more, um, you know, there's a difference in, in empowering and, and having some humility and letting somebody rise up. And then if they're trying to like a hostile takeover yeah. and they're like, well, yeah. look at me, like I did yeah. it. I don't even need you anymore. Um, you know, there's a, there's a saying, uh, again, in kind of church world and multi-site is when it comes to campus pastors, it's not a problem. If the congregation thinks that the campus pastor is the senior pastor, there's a problem. If the campus pastor yeah. thinks that they're the senior pastor, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> so I think, you know, even in our leadership, we just, we do have to watch that. Some as we're reproducing, as we're mm-hmm. investing, as we're kind of stepping back a little bit so others can rise mm-hmm. up. Um, we, this is why you have to invest in the heart, not just the skill. So it keeps pe- So then they're going to need some humility as well, because they're used to pressing a button, but now they're getting some applause. Now they're actually getting some ownership over areas. And so how can we still be unified yeah. in an alignment on that? You know, that, that's, yeah. that takes constant, yeah. constant work as well. I think another, uh, if we're talking about core values of reproduction is grace. Mm-hmm. So, um, because people are going to mess up. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why people don't invest in others. Cause they're like, well, what if they don't do it right? Mm-hmm. Well, the obvious question is, did you do it right the first time? No. Did you do it right <laughs> nope. the second time? No. Did you do it right the third time? I did it 10% better the third time. Right. Um, and I, and I think that's, that's one of the big thoughts here is that, um, we, we need to guard people so we don't put young people or young and experienced people in positions where they can make fatal failures. Yeah. That's the big thing. So I want to guard people from that. But if that failure isn't fatal, then I shouldn't treat it like it's final. 
Yeah. Like, well, you just, you dropped it the ball that one time. You don't ever get another chance. No, if we're going to reproduce people, we need to show them grace. Mm. And we need to put them in positions where it's safe to drop the ball, where it's safe to stumble and fall. And then have a teachable moment where they can get back up. And then the next time they do it 10% better. You know, it's, it's the thing what we say <laughs> a lot is like, you know, I'll, have, I'll walk with you a thousand miles, but if you keep making the same mistake, yeah. all right, now, now, now it's, it's a competency issue. <laughs> now, maybe you're in the wrong seat on the bus. I need to move you over or bless somebody else with you. <laughs> maybe yeah. you need to get on somebody else's bus, right? If you keep making the same mistake. But, um, what I love is when people make different mistakes because mm -hmm. now they're growing, they're not making that same mistake again, right? They figured that one out. And, and that's, that's part of every single person's growth process, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they'll never, People will never, um, ever get to that place if everybody's walking on eggshells. If you freak out every time that somebody yeah. messes up, then everybody just goes into reactionary mode. And so none of them are leaders because they're all afraid to actually step out of the boat because their hand might get slapped. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we have to have grace filled. Uh, did you, did you ever make a mistake? You talked about people investing in you. No, I didn't. I'm one of the <laughs> okay. rare people awesome. who's never on. actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's, um, the, there's, a, there's a scripture uh, in Proverbs that says in the multitude of words, there's folly. So in other words, <laughs> preachers are going to say a lot of dumb things, <laughs> right? Because you talk a lot. I mean, you add up all those sermons. And so, yeah, I've made so many leadership mistakes. I've, I've um, said dumb things in sermons trying to be funny. I have one of, one of our earliest mistakes, honestly, was um, the per, the, some of the people we got to take over our, one of our small groups was they were faithful people. So we put them in a leadership position, but they weren't leaders. Mm. We hadn't really invested in them. We had just taught them how to do a small group flow. And so the small group just started to flounder. It just, it just fizzled out after a while because we hadn't actually developed them as leaders. We just found faithful people who would show up at seven and in the group at nine, Yeah, you know? And so, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, so I mean like, our, oops. yeah, oops. That, that, that was, was one of me. the, that's one of the, the leadership <laughs> things, you know, I've learned so many things about confrontation along the way. I mean, and so it, it what it does, it produces coaching moments where you mm -hmm. can kind of pull people aside. Don't wait a year to do it. Don't. Don't passive aggressive them, mm -hmm. you know, just pull them aside and say, Hey, um, I saw that. Let's talk about that. Mm. You know, let's, let's grab a cup of coffee. Yeah. Let's talk about what just happened right there. How did you think that that went? All right, let me give you my perspective. How do we think we could do that better next time? That sort of thing. Yeah. So prioritize it. Walk in humility, have grace, coach with grace. Yeah. What, anything else? Yeah. I, the, the, uh, probably the last big, big piece would just say, go back to vision. Mm. You know, like, why am I doing this? I'm a why guy. You know, like for real, that's that Simon Sinek, like start with why. So, you know, um, why matters. Mm -hmm. So if, again, if you're just like, well, I should reproduce leaders because the guy in the podcast said that I should, it's not going to work. You're not going to, you'll, you'll have one meeting with somebody and are like, it's going to take forever to actually see this person rise up. I'm not doing that. So why you have to have your why, like go back to vision. Why am I reproducing? Yeah. Why do I need this person to be a leader? Right. Why am I investing in these people? Right. And if you can keep your why, then that keeps you in the highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. You know, when you want to give up, mm -hmm. you know, when it's, you're discouraged because the business isn't growing. You're like, it's because I'm doing it all by myself. I, you know, and so yeah. go back to why. And the why ultimately uh, for all of those that are followers of Jesus is coming back to God's design. Yeah. Of reproducing others in order that his glory might fill the earth yeah. through us as yeah. we're instruments of that. So uh, as we step out into this, we're going, okay, I feel the Lord speaking to me. I'm, it's catching hold of my heart. What are a few simple things that we can do to get started? Because as you said, if we just sit down with somebody, we're trying to implement the whole thing right off the bat. Man, we're done. We're done before we start. 
What are some simple things that we can do to begin to implement a reproductive approach to leadership in our lives? Yeah, well, just one, just a point of clarity. Uh, I think this may be helpful for people just to kind of get a little bit of context is, uh, you know, in Genesis 1, where God says, be fruitful and multiply. Obviously, he's talking about having babies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just a moment of clarity. So we're not telling you to have babies with your coworkers. Um, but <laughs> okay. Thanks for clearing that yeah, I, I felt like I needed to clarify that for a second. Um, no, but uh, he's talking at the end of the day, there's a, there's a biological reproduction, but there's also a spiritual reproduction. There's a, there's a reproducing and, and um, this is, this is one of those those God moments that marked me years ago. And, you know, if you've ever, if we've got Christians on here who read the Bible, you ever read a scripture and then you're like, I don't remember exactly what it said. And then you're trying to Google it and you can't find it. And you're getting so discouraged. I was convinced this happened in the book of Exodus. And eventually I was reading again. I found it in numbers and I was <laughs> like, yeah, I found it. And it's numbers 11. And it's where Moses has been leading all by himself all by himself and he's getting discouraged he's getting worn out he's leading all these people in everything every decision every question is coming back to him numbers 11 god says get the elders and it's these 70 guys and he says this it's so amazing i love this how he says it he says i'm gonna take the spirit that's in you moses and i'm gonna put it on them and i think that that has been one of my consistent prayers um, in, in my role here is God, would you take the good stuff? Would you take the vision that you put inside me? Would you take the burden that you put inside me? Would you take any of the peace or the love or any of the good stuff that you put inside me? And would you put it on these leaders? Mm -hmm. Would you put it on these people? Would, would you, um, would you grow them in this way? Would you, and at the end of the day, that's reproduction for me. Mm -hmm. You know, reproduction is, you know, as a, as a father, and a mother are joined together and, and create a child, they get, that child gets elements mm -hmm. from both of them, you know, and that's my prayer for my children all the time. Like, God, would you, don't give them my, my bad stuff, <laughs> give them my good stuff. And, and I think as God does that with Moses, he takes what's on Moses, this leadership gene, this passion gene, and he puts it on, on these people. And then you actually see that, that, that generation begin to move forward together because it's not just Moses doing it by himself. Mm -hmm. And so I honestly do think some of this comes back to prayer at the end of the day is I, I can't, you know, it's not by might, not by power, but it's by the, the spirit of the Lord. And so I, I, I'm praying God, one, send me people that I can invest in Two, help me to identify the people I actually need to invest in mm -hmm. because it may be true. It, it, if you got a larger organization, I can't invest in everybody. So there's going to have to be this one tier that for a while they're just button pushers. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because if we're all button pushers right now, <laughs> I can't do it with everybody. But what about three? What about four? Mm -hmm. And I begin with prayer. And I say, God, you know, take what's on me and put it on them. Put it inside their heart. Mm -hmm. And then what I actually have to do is start actually intentionally spending time with those people. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that comes back to sharing vision with them. Why are we doing this? You know, in church world, what I would actually do, I would sit down with people. And in the first meeting, I got a group of like five guys, ten guys. And I'm actually telling them, hey, guys, I'm in here to take whatever good God has put in me and to put it inside you so you can grow. But here's the deal. It doesn't just stop here. If you're just going to take what I'm giving you and you're like, you're just going to keep it for yourself, that's, that's 
Yeah. I mean, so short-sighted. And so the reason why you're in here is because I see a potential in you to go give it away to others. And so what I need the agreement from you, if I'm going to invest in you, when we're done within the next six months, you're going to grab another group of guys and you're going to give it to them. Mm -hmm. And that's how things turn what we call exponential. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a multiplicative effect to that because lots of us, you know, um, biological reproduction is addition, right? You know, you know, two to one, then another one, then another one. Um, but when we actually start investing, say in five, who are going to give it away to five, who are giving, going to give it away to five by, by the time that third or fourth generation hits, that flywheel has started and now mm -hmm. it's become part of the culture of your church, your organization, mm -hmm. your business. Um, but it has to take time, yeah. you know? And so that's what I would really just tell people. You're not going to have it all figured out on day one. You're really mm -hmm. not. But if I can actually sit down and with people intentionally, three, four, five people, um, and then just begin to learn their hopes, learn their dreams, yeah. learn their kids' names again, you know, how long you've been married, what's your spouse's name, and then just begin to pour hope, pour life, pour anything good that God has put in me into them, man, I, I guarantee you, you're going to take a step back, say six months later, a year later, um, after that charge, and you're going to see that person now working with their, almost their grandkids in the system. You know what I'm saying? Because then they've invested in people who have invested in people. And, um, but again, it takes that first step of saying, Hey, God, I'm praying that you would send me the people. Now I'm praying that you would help me to identify the people. Then mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. um, help me to put these blocks on my calendar where I can actually day by day start investing in these people. Mm -hmm. So we got to go after the heart. Yeah. Go after the heart because yeah. it's the heart that then creates that reproduction in the future. Mm -hmm. If they don't have the heart, they won't keep it going. Yeah. I am so thankful for all that you've given us today. There's so much to think about. And honestly, I would just challenge all of our listeners to actually not just think about it, but just kind of sit with it, like kind of let it speak over you and let it sit with it so that it can also um, be imparted into our hearts. So thank you, Pastor Johnson, yeah, for being for here today. Me. And thank you to all of you for joining us again and for listening. And again, big thanks to all of you that are sharing our podcast. We really, really appreciate it. If you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find us at Leadwell People. And we also want to encourage you again, please check out our website. We've got great resources for you there, including a discussion guide for this and all of our other episodes. And you can find that at leadwellpeople.com. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you.